Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. Our lawmakers have turned Illinois into a sanctuary state for abortion. Our tax dollars are funding abortion. X-rated, try it sex ed further normalizes abortion. And now our lawmakers are taking steps to shut down pro-life pregnancy care centers and bring legal assisted death to Illinois. How should Christians respond? Catherine Walker and Phil Price believe we should respond first with prayer. Catherine and Phil are two of the leaders of 40 Days for Life Aurora, 40 Days Volunteers, praying outside the Planned Parenthood in Aurora, where this conversation is being recorded. And volunteers are also praying outside abortion facilities in other parts of Illinois and across the nation. Catherine and Phil, you have a lot to pray about, as do other 40 Days for Life volunteers. Absolutely. We have so much to pray for now more than ever. We come out here as a peaceful prayer presence twice a year. We have two vigils, and they're 40 days long, and we're fasting at the same time. We have more now than ever to be praying for. We have legislation that's coming up. We have laws now that we could never have dreamed of that we are going up against, the bills that are coming down the pike. It's beyond comprehension. And I think the one thing that disturbs me the most about a lot of this is many of our Christian fellows that are truly pro-life have no clue what's going on. They are so misinformed or they don't have any information at all. Um, I find that out all the time when I'm out here or at events uh, all over the state dealing with different groups, if you will, uh, parachurch organizations that are trying to share this information and then bringing that information back to my home roots and people are, are just in awe of what's going on. I know Phil and I both are challenged with that. I think, you know, one of the things that we hear in church is that abortion is a bad thing, but we have no idea what Planned Parenthood is. We have no idea that they are involved in teaching or coming up with the curriculum that's taught in school. We have no idea that part of that curriculum is actually selling abortions. How do they do that? They do that by promoting sex and promiscuity. I'm also a little amazed at how many political conservatives really have no idea about the extent of Illinois' abortion law. Children in our state do not have to have any parental notification or any parental approval to have an abortion. So your 14-year-old daughter could be taken to a Planned Parenthood and have an abortion. A minor does not need parental notification with respect to abortion. They can come out here as young as 14 years of age and not have to tell their parents that they're in the process of having an abortion. Yet, if they go to school for a field trip, all the way up till they're a senior in high school, they have to have a signed slip so they can get on a bus and go to wherever they're going, whether it be the museum downtown or an event uh, baseball trip. Well, proponents of corresponding Illinois House and Illinois Senate legislation say their legislation directed at pro-life pregnancy care centers is geared toward preventing what they call misinformation, deceitful practices, and disinformation about abortion. Catherine Phil. What do you think the real goal is? They really would love to see them shut down and go away and not be effective at all. 
So Planned Parenthood could go ahead and do what they're doing uh, at much larger numbers. We know that there are 20 to 1 pregnancy resource centers to abortion clinics. We know that we're making a difference, that we are saving lives, and we are affecting their bottom line. So they're fearful. And they say they're pro-choice, but obviously they're not because they're not offering women this choice. And Phil, it would seem to me that lawmakers would say, well, these pregnancy care centers are helping to fill a void in our health care system. Absolutely. I mean, they're here as a as an opportunity for women who are looking for hope and help, where they can come and they can get hope and help. This is where 40 Days for Life comes in. The power of prayer is immeasurable. When you first start with God and you lay it at the throne, it's his battle to be won. And we come out here and we do what we can do. But we definitely need more churches and more people to rise to the occasion and getting their hands and their feet into the process. Prayer always goes first. I ask any church who would like to get involved in pro-life to first start with prayer. How do we begin? How do we start? The entry point, more than likely, is start by prayer and then move out of your congregation and come outside of your walls and pray in the marketplace in front of a clinic where we know and it's been confirmed by previous abortion workers that up to 75% of women turn from their appointments when there are people outside peacefully praying. That is impactful. Both Phil and I and many people on our team over the years have had personal hands-on experience with women who have turned away from their abortion and have decided to carry their children. You will never, ever be able to totally explain that experience until you've had it yourself. Phil, I would think that if this legislation is enacted, that the next step will be to tell pastors, you can't say this about abortion from the pulpit. Are we getting that close? I believe we are. I believe that evil breeds evil, and each next step is one more step to telling us what we can and can't say. Who defines what misinformation is, Monty? Let alone this is a pro-life issue. This is a free speech issue. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Okay. Well, Catherine, from your extensive conversations with the various leaders of different pro-life pregnancy care centers, have you known of any of them to engage in deceitful activities? I can't even imagine. I've never witnessed it. I have never, ever remotely heard anything that was misleading or um, moving women. If anything, this is the one thing that I find amazing, if I can share this. A woman that I know of who was considering an abortion, and she decided she was willing to accept the invitation to go to an appointment at a pregnancy resource center, which she did. And she was very early in her pregnancy. So they invited her back for a second ultrasound and more dialogue. These women come back for a second and third appointment. That's got to tell you that these women are feeling safe feeling loved on and not feeling pressured, and they are still processing their decision. So that that really tells me a lot in those situations. Phil, I'll just tell you, um, I was hesitant to actually interview some of the leaders of these pro-life pregnancy care centers for fear that they will become targets of the long arm of our pro-abortion state government. It seems like we've reached that point. I believe we have, Monty. I believe they want the pregnancy resource centers to be quiet. Well, pro-abortion state lawmakers also want to create state-funded health centers where abortions will be committed, 
how do we stand against this? What do we need to do? We start with prayer and do what? I think we need to contact our lawmakers and let them know that we are against this. In addition to that, we need to take trips down to Springfield. We need to visit our lawmakers and let them know that we don't agree with what they're coming up with for laws. Catherine, what do you think? We have to pray fervently, and we have to pray, I would think, for lawmakers to see the light and to have a change of heart. Without question, we need to see the lawmakers um, change their hearts. And I always feel that we could do a better job of engaging the youth in our churches, too, to get involved in more action-oriented events. Many of us are retired. We're in different phases of life. We've kind of locked into what we're doing on a local level. We can't do everything ourselves, but we know that we can do a better job. But we need to really get into all the areas of population in our churches. And once again, I'm so grateful that we have the youth, that we have Students for Life, and it goes on and on. But we really need to, like Phil had mentioned, is to be in prayer, certainly vote. Don't hesitate to vote. As a young person, get registered as a voter and vote what you know to be is the right thing to do. And hopefully it's conservative voting. Catherine and Phil, we've used uh, Illinois Family Spotlight to highlight involvement with 40 Days for Life in previous podcasts. But let's take a quick refresher course and provide some insights for some new listeners. Let's say I'm interested in 40 Days for Life. What do I do now? You can go to the national website, which is 40daysforlife.com. Follow the links to find the vigils that are in the state of Illinois. And when you go to that vigil page, you will find the contact information to uh, get in touch with that vigil leader. If you would like to get more involved, become part of the team, or would like to engage your church, we can do that as well. Or if you would like to just sign up and come out and pray, we always try to have a vigil coordinator on site during our vigils, and they will be there to help you and guide you as well. So what led to your involvement with 40 Days and anything else you'd like to add? Catherine Walker led to my involvement in 40 Days. I went and saw a movie called uh, Unplanned, and Unplanned showed me what uh, abortion was. It showed me what Planned Parenthood was. I had a hard time sleeping that night when I saw it. Going to work the next day, I heard a song that said, do something, and it occurred to me I needed to do something. And this is a way to get your foot in the door to pro-life involvement. If you've never done anything pro-life before, except maybe you listen to a sermon, hear a speech here or there, and pray, well, this is another way to take that next step forward. Absolutely. This is the grassroots. This is where it all starts, right here, right across from a, a, an abortion center or a Planned Parenthood. We have big property to stand on. It's very safe out here. We usually are in groups. And once again, it's a peaceful prayer movement. And we are very proud of the work that we have done out here for the last 10 years in expanding our efforts and the number of lives that have been saved as a result of that. We're going to take a time out and continue our conversation with Catherine Walker and Phil Price from 40 Days for Life Aurora after this. Christians must champion the sanctity of human life, but it's not easy in abortion destination, Illinois. For fresh insights on winning the fight for life, join the Illinois Family Institute Saturday, March 18th at the Village Church of Barrington for IFI's Pro-Life Worldview Conference. To register, click events at IllinoisFamily.org. 
Nationally acclaimed life leaders Scott Phelps, Dr. John Diggs, and Scott Klusendorf will offer biblical, common-sense perspectives on how to make the protection of life normal again, even in Illinois. We want to bring it back to the question, what is the unborn? Is the unborn one of us? If so, the unborn should not be killed. If you believe that life is sacred and can and must be protected, then please attend the IFI Worldview Conference. To register, click events at IllinoisFamily.org, IllinoisFamily.org. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. At a recent town hall meeting in Framingham, Massachusetts, Democratic Committee Chair Michael Hugo, attempting to discredit local crisis pregnancy centers, spoke a bit too plainly about the concerns of pro-abortion lawmakers. Quote, our fear is that if an unqualified sonographer misdiagnoses a heart defect, an organ defect, spina bifida, or another defect, well, that becomes a very local issue because our school budget will have to absorb the cost of a child in special education supplying lots and lots of special services, end quote. Well, after swift backlash, including from parents of children with disability, Hugo and the local Democratic committee issued an apology. But make no mistake, that kind of eugenics thinking is not a bug of the pro-abortion movement. It's a feature. It always has been. Abortion always assumes that children who are not wanted are not valuable. Reducing people to a line item in a budget just makes them easier to eliminate. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here outside the Planned Parenthood in Aurora, and I'm joined by Catherine Walker and Phil Price with 40 Days for Life Aurora, 40 Days for Life volunteers praying outside abortion centers here in Aurora, across Illinois, and around the nation. How important is 40 Days for Life in states where they have put safeguards in place to protect babies and their mothers? States surrounding Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Kentucky, Iowa, and Missouri. Very important. And the reason I say that is because our federal government is coming out with a new law that's going to allow CVS, Walgreens, and other pharmacies to sell the RU486 pill. So one of the things that 40 Days for Life is doing is they're setting up peaceful protests to occur outside of these pharmacies. And what about these other states? We have women coming from these other states to Illinois for abortion. So we have to be in prayer for these states that they'll stand firm. Absolutely. We don't stop praying, even in the states where there is no abortion clinics or abortion is is definitely limited. As Phil was saying, the abortion pill is on the rise, and you're going to see a lot of activity with that. So 40 Days for Life is, is gearing up for that. What's the 40 Days for Life strategy going forward if God does not intervene and allows lawmakers to pass these pro-abortion measures we've discussed? Well, 40 Days for Life is moving forward, as I said. They're strategizing. They're not going backwards. They're moving forward. I don't want to give away all their traits, um, but they are uh, not going to go silent in the states where abortion has been abolished, if you will. Um, Abortion will still prevail, there will still be referring, and they will still be dispensing. And we know that the dispensing is on the rise versus surgical abortion. What about here in Illinois? If lawmakers pass this legislation, how do we move forward? We continue to pray, Monty. We continue to pray, and we continue to be that light that God calls us to be, to shine out in the darkness, to let people know that we don't agree with what the lawmakers are coming out with. We can't be silent on this. We've got to be vocal. 
We must be vocal. Catherine, our, a lot of our churches have been silent on this. How can we get our churches to get engaged in this effort to stop abortion through prayer? They're not even willing to say a prayer to stop abortion. When you look at the church nowadays, I think it's, it's unfortunate that we're seeing our churches become more silent than ever. And in my opinion, a lot of it has to do with the pushback on, is this a biblical or is this a political issue? Certainly, we believe it's a strongly a, a biblical issue, not a political. And we find that some of our pastors and, and church leaders are becoming very soft on this. So it hurts us a great deal. But we have champions in our midst that are going back to these church leaders. These are their church homes. And they are um, equipping their pastors with more information about the abortion topic and enlightening them on what's going on. And in some cases, that's all they needed, and they start to get active, and they start to move forward and maybe come to a conference or two, start to sign up for a 40 Days for Life prayer vigil where they've never done in the past. Better it come from a parishioner than from possibly Phil or I knocking on the door. So that helps a great deal too. So God works in a lot of mysterious ways. We, you can never imagine, but it comes together. Phil, how do we get that pro-life conversation started in our churches? Pick up on what Catherine had to say. I mean, I think one of the important things is when we're out here praying and God answers those prayers, when something happens out here and it's something that God has done through the answer to the prayers across from Planned Parenthood, we need to take those stories back to our pastors. We need to make sure that they're aware of what's happening out here. We need to make sure that they're knowing that God is answering prayers that, being, that are being offered up at a 40 days for life vigil. If the pastors are too gun shy to get involved, do you go to the elders? Do you go to the deacons? Yes, in a loving, respectful way, that is definitely an approach you can take. I will tell you that for myself and my personal experience as a post-abortive woman, attending an evangelical church where abortion was certainly not discussed, one day it was coming up, and I was notified of that. We were previewed a week in advance that this was going to be a topic, and I froze in my seat because I was a post-abortive woman, as I mentioned, and still was not healed. So I went to church that Sunday, and fortunately, my pastor took the difficult challenge of bringing this topic up. He interviewed a couple that had already gone through their journey of healing. They shared their experience. What I saw was healing and freedom and forgiveness. And I moved forward in my own church to healing and have been moved on from there. Up to 25% of the vigil coordinators of 40 Days for Life female are post-abortive women. So God is able to redeem us and bring us to wholeness and use us in the battle. So that is one thing that I will encourage all pastors to do, is to don't stop talking about abortion and talk about the sin of abortion and how it is forgiven and how it's taken to the cross with all of our sins and not excluded to help these men and women move out of their seats and into recovery. I think that alone would bring so much more action and so much more good intention and movement towards saving lives, then almost anything is the gospel. The gospel should always go first. Phil, to pick up on that, uh, we know that uh, a lot of women attended a Bible-believing church when they had their first abortion. 
So what advice would you have for pastors who may be called upon to counsel these women and maybe some women who had abortions before accepting Christ? Well, I think the number that you're looking for is up to 40% of women that have an abortion are church attenders. And to me, it's sad that they have to go to an abortion clinic or to a Planned Parenthood for help when they could go to the church. But I think a lot of it has to do with their feeling that they're going to be judged. So the pastors, in a loving way, have to open up to these women and say, we, we are going to offer help at our church. We're going to be there for women that are pregnant, and we're not going to condemn them or condone them for what they have done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, stories tell a lot. Somebody's personal story can really have high impact. So educating, educating, educating is so key in all of this. Well, beyond abortion and the attacks on pregnancy care centers, and they're talking about allowing midwives to commit abortions in the homes of women, we know that uh, there's a strong possibility that lawmakers could take actions to bring legal assisted death to Illinois, euthanasia, assisted suicide. They don't want to call it that. When you consider how extreme our abortion laws are here, that down the road, the assisted death legislation will eventually become just as extreme. I would imagine so, definitely. And as we've found, whenever these laws are enacted, they get worse and worse, and not they just continue to go down that same path. I think absolutely, Monty. I think uh, evil breeds evil. They get the, the first step. They just go for step two, step three, and step four. Well, one of the problems we have right here in Illinois is that so many pro-life voters are moving out of Illinois. Why are you guys staying here? I don't feel God has released me from the state. I feel that he has kept me here for a reason, and I am committed to that. But to your point, yes, there are people leaving. I don't limit God in this situation. I know that he has a plan and a purpose for all of us. So I believe that we still can accomplish a great deal with those that are here. And uh, we are not going to lose up on the fight and the fight of prayer. Phil, why should pro-life people stay here in Illinois? Pro-life people should stay here in Illinois to fight for the unborn. They need to be here to be able to pray across the street from Planned Parenthood. They need to be able to speak to their legislators to let them know that they don't agree with these laws that are coming out. And they need to be there for their church to let their pastors know what's going on. And Catherine, I want to encourage folks to get involved once again in 40 Days for Life, a reminder about uh, what it's all about, and also how people can get involved. You can sign up on the website for a location, or you just show up, right? Just show up. Many of our people end up showing up. If their church is signed up for a day, they just kind of come out in an organized event, And we do talk about the two vigils, which is in the spring and the fall. But we also are a site for 365, which is also part of an ongoing prayer presence through 40 Days for Life. So just because a vigil is over doesn't mean that we go home and stop praying. We are out here all year long. We're out here every hour that this facility is open, and there's many, many other people across the state are just as committed. There's huge groups of people that are out here praying, but we need more. And we also enjoy, obviously, having a healthy and trained up group of people who are sidewalk counselors that are trained to reach out to these men and women as they walk into the clinics. So there's a lot of things that somebody can do 
to get involved in, whatever is comfortable for them. But many of it, much of it, starts with prayer and where you can see where God is going to lead you beyond that. And Phil, not everyone will want to come to 40 Days for Life Aurora. There are other locations, and you get on the website, and you can find out where those locations are. Once you get on the website, all you need to do is to punch in your zip code or look for a town, and it'll pop up. And we know that lawmakers would like to silence, as we've talked about, even the sidewalk counselors. So if we don't want that to happen, we have to be proactive. We have to pray, and we have to come out in force to pray, don't we? Absolutely. When those sidewalk counselors are down reaching out to those women who are looking for hope and help, they need prayer warriors behind them. And that's what 40 Days for Life is. 40 Days for Life is a group of prayer warriors that's on the hill praying to back up those uh, sidewalk counselors. So this legislation passes and 40 Days for Life is concluded. Catherine, you mentioned prayer will go on. It doesn't end. It goes on. And once again, I don't know if we mentioned this, but this is international. This is not just in the, in the states. This is across the nation. There is vigils everywhere. And so across the globe. Across the globe, absolutely. But we like to keep it to a point where we can say we are here to end abortion where we live. We'd love to see this clinic across the way close. And if everybody just approaches it that way, we will have high, high impact. But once again... You just come in. You can do what you can do. Sign up for an hour. Some people are out here for half an hour. Some people come before work, after work, whatever fits your schedule. A lot of people come out here. They bring their children on Saturdays, and you do what you can do. When does uh, 40 Days wrap up for the spring uh, campaign? April 2nd is Palm Sunday. All right. Well, thank you. Phil Price, Catherine Walker with 40 Days for Life Aurora. Do get involved. Go to the website. Until next time, stay healthy. Stay active and tell a friend about 40 Days for Life and Illinois Family Spotlight. God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.